My beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, it's nice to see some other faces here this morning. Some of you walked a distance, and some of you have driven a great distance and climbed the hill. And uh, it's nice to have you there. I just pray your return is just as safe as it was on arriving. You know, with this snow, uh, Pawnee Kelly was sharing with me yesterday as we were afternoon uh, after one of the shoveling episodes and watching the people outside and, the, and they were playing and they were snowboarding and inner tubing down the hill and others were cross-country skiing across the, the streets out here. And she had made that comment that the snow makes you and forces you to slow down, forces you to slow down. And we probably all found ourselves a little outside of our normal routine that we would normally do. Maybe it was something as simple as just stopping like I would do and look out the window. Something I seem to rarely do. But just stopping and looking at the beautiful snow falling, the snow on the ground, and the people outside. You could hear the laughter coming through the windows. So yes, we need those spaces that forces us to slow down. To realize that Life is, is just right there at the moment we have it. We don't have the next moment, and the moment behind us is already gone. All we have is right now. In our gospel today, we hear about Jesus talking about forgiveness. And we spoke on this last Sunday about, you know, if we don't forgive, God's not going to forgive us. We heard it stated very clearly in Matthew's gospel today. No wiggle room. No wiggle room. We also hear about the need of, of fasting and not judging others. Not even letting anybody know that we are fasting. But these are all create, meant to give us a space. To create a space where we can slow down. Where we control our passions so they're not ruling over us running us amok, having our minds going untethered, but cause us to draw back and take a more reflective approach on life. And that's the beauty of the great fast. It forces us, if we apply ourselves, to slow down, and to reflect. And boy, what a day to reflect as today. I pray that you turned in last night for Vespers. And I pray that you got up early this morning for Matins. And I also pray that you're fully dressed because this is Sunday and we're worshiping our Lord, whether you're in the temple this morning or home in the live stream. I pray you don't have a cup of coffee or tea in your hand, that you're sitting now because it's the homily, but the rest of the time you will stand. This is Sunday. This is the day of the Lord, and we worship Him. And we should never lose sight of that. This is the day that was created to give us space for the worship of Him. But if you turned into Vespers or Matins this morning, you would have heard a real powerful theme. We were reflecting on the fall of Adam. And how we had lost so much. We had had so much and we gave it up out of disobedience. Couldn't control our own passions, our own wants. Couldn't control 
our own pride. So we reached. We reached for the fruit of the tree of disobedience and then realized in the course of mountains and vespers what that did to us. How we found ourselves suddenly fallen from a pristine state to now one where we were clothed in fig leaves and garments of skin. Garments of skin. St. Maximus the Confessor and St. Simeon the New Theologian would talk about the garments of skin as the skin that has now become corruptible. It sheds, it decays, it dies. All brought about by sin, which brought about death. At one time, we weren't corruptible. We had skin that did not shed cells. But we reached for the tree of disobedience. And now we set out, sit outside the gates of Eden, lamenting as we prayed in matins this morning. Last night at Vespers at the Apostica, we didn't take the Apostica because we had divine liturgy in place at the, the very end of Vespers, but we read this, there's this prayer, and it sums it up greatly. Adam was banished from paradise because of the forbidden fruit. He sat before the gate sighing and lamenting. Alas, woe is me, what is happening to me? I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord, and now I am deprived of every blessing. O paradise so delightful, you were planted for me, and now you are closed because of Eve. Beseech your Creator, who has also fashioned me, to fill me with the fragrance of your flowers once again. And the Savior said to him, and the Savior said to him, I do not desire the destruction of my creation. Rather, I wish it to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. For I do not reject those who come to me. And the Savior said to him, I do not desire the destruction of my creation. Rather, I wish it to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. In Luke's gospel, Jesus says, The Son of Man came to seek out and save what was lost. The Son of Man came to seek out and save what is lost. What is lost is all those that have fell because of what had happened in the garden. The lost are of our purity and state, the lost of our robe of divinity, the loss of that beautiful state we had. This verse that Jesus says is spoken in the context of Zacchaeus. Remember we had Zacchaeus Sunday, the very early on. We heard that Zacchaeus came down from the tree when Jesus said, I mean to stay at your house today. And when they were on the way to Zacchaeus' house, people began an uproar against Jesus and Zacchaeus saying, he's going to eat with sinners. And then we hear Zacchaeus' repentance and his confession. 
If I have defrauded anyone, I will repay him back fourfold, and I will give half I have to the poor. And Jesus accepted that repentance and forgive him by saying, Zacchaeus, today if salvation has come to this house, to you, Zacchaeus, for the Son of Man has come to seek out and save that which is lost. You thought I was coming randomly through the city, but I came seeking you, Zacchaeus. And through the course of the great fast, we're going to hear about all these things that have happened to the people of God as Jesus, as the Word of God tries to bring us and prepare us to see His face. And we're going to be reflecting on all our strong points and our failures by looking at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and especially at Moses during Holy Week and all the disasters that took place even though God pulled them out of Egypt. But now we, you and I, have been given a space to be quiet and reflect on ourselves. We get so busy in life, we fail to see Christ looking at us. He becomes just a blur, part of the background. You almost don't even notice He's there anymore because we're so caught up in everything else in our lives. We're given this space to reflect on our own need for forgiveness. Because as I said, we heard in the gospel today, Jesus says, unless you forgive, you won't be forgiven. Hard words that we will need to, each of us, come to terms with. Whenever we've had a relationship and there's been, it could just be being friends, but something happened. There was hurt done from one to the other. There creates a barrier. You can feel it. Even when you're together and you're talking and have conversations, you can feel the hurt. But when you've worked through and forgiven, or asked for forgiveness, that barrier is suddenly removed. There's a lightness to it, to yourself and to the other, and a relationship can grow and even grow deeper than it was before. God is seeking each of us out, but forgiveness is the barrier that's preventing us, or our asking for forgiveness, the barrier that's preventing us from recognizing Him from seeing Him searching us out. So we need to remove the barriers through our forgiveness. Forgiving others for the hurts that they have done to us. And the hard part, asking for forgiveness when we've hurt somebody else. And so we give all the, we've been given all these tools to accomplish this. Prayer and fasting, almsgiving, this, the liturgical life, living the life of ascesis. All this to help us recognize, to create the space so we can reflect and recognize the harm we have done because of the failure of forgiveness. But when forgiveness is sought, then healing can take place. Then we can begin to see the salvation coming towards us. I mean to stay at your house. Salvation has come to you. 
And so on this Sunday of forgiveness, we make sure that we ask for forgiveness from one another. If it's over the phone, so be it. But whatever we need to do to bring about that forgiveness, to remove that barrier so we can grow closer to each other, and incidentally, as we go closer to each other, we automatically grow closer to God. Because our forgiveness is a participation in His forgiveness. You and I, multiplicity of, through a multiplicity of times, continually are reaching out for that tree of disobedience. And we receive forgiveness and given the strength to forgive whenever we reach out to that tree of extreme obedience. The tree of the cross which Christ came and forgave us all from. The source of which all forgiveness comes from. So it's beautiful outside to have our snow that seems to still be falling. It's created a calmness where we can sit and just slow down a little bit and have an extra cup of tea or coffee and look out the window and let the shoulders down. The same should be with the great fast. That space where we put aside all our other worldly cares that really are not necessary. We do what we have to do, but the rest we don't need. And in that silence, we can reflect begin to see the obstacles that have built up in our lives, the areas of forgiveness that we need to offer and ask for. Because the Son of Man has come to seek out that which is lost. And that is each and every one of us in this temple this morning, and each of every one of you viewing from home and for the whole world. He has come for us all, but not everyone could see Him because they're so filled up with the business of life and the barriers that come from the lack of forgiveness. So as we step across the Jordan and enter into the Sinai Desert, and we begin that this evening at Vespers, let us make sure that we commit ourselves to that quietness of this great fast. Commit ourselves to real change. The dietary thing is only to create that space of quiet, to calm the passions. The real work comes when we sit quietly and we reflect on our lives. And then, when we find those things that we've done harm, have the courage to change it and then bring about the healing. Christ is looking at each and every one of you right now. He's just waiting for you to turn and look at Him. And it is through forgiveness, as we begin to turn, that He reaches out and grabs us and makes Him, us, part of Him.